0: we're starting a new series, a new Wednesday series called Authentic. Authenticity and transparency are necessary in the body of Christ. So we want to look at how do we in the body of Christ become authentic in our relationship with God and with others. We do it first by removing the masks that we carry around. A lot of us hide things that are going on. We go about our daily lives and people may never know what's really happening down inside, but we need to seek to have that authenticity or being real with God and real with others. Sometimes it's hard for us to open up and be real with God. How do we have real relationships with each other? It's by being authentic. So the first thing we're going to look at in our series is having authentic faith. Our faith must be real and simple or real simple. Let's break it down. I'm going to read from 1 Timothy 1, verses 3 through 5. Paul is talking here to his uh, young friend Timothy. Timothy was a young minister, and he was giving some wisdom and some advice. And this is a very specific situation that he's giving instructions for, so it lists some place names. But there's a lot that we can learn about how he encourages Timothy to have an authentic faith. So he says, as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. A sincere faith. So even in those times, 2,000 years ago, there were. People who are fake, people who are not real, people who are trying just to exploit the Word of God for their personal gain, and they weren't real. And, and Paul is saying that you have to have love underlying your faith. People will know. And a lot of you would probably say, you can just tell if somebody's not being real. You can tell if someone is being fake. The Bible calls that the gift of discernment. And we can discern whether a spirit is from God or not of God. And here he's encouraging Timothy to have a sincere faith. Now, the word sincere in this passage is the exact opposite of what hypocrite means. So he's making a contrast. He's saying these other people were distorting the word of God and were hypocrites. They didn't have a pure motive. They didn't have real faith. They didn't have authentic faith. And it means, here, sincere means genuine, real, consistent, or as we said already, authentic. Faith here now is mentioned as a foundation for love, that any love comes out of faith. It's based on a relationship, and faith, most of all, is built on trust. Faith is built on trust, a very important principle. A pastor boarded in an airplane for the very first time. He was taking his first flight, and as they were about to take off, the flight attendant noticed that he was dressed as a, as a, as a minister. He had the clerical collar on, and but also noticed that he was just had a panic look on his face, and he was gripping the seat so tight that his knuckles were turning white and she went over to him and said sir i'm surprised at you you're obviously a man of faith don't you have faith in god that he's going to take care of you and the pastor looked up at her as he was kind of shaking before they were taking off and he says says look young lady in scripture the promise says lo i am with you always it doesn't say anything about high Think of the things that we trust in all the time without giving it a second thought, even on airplanes. Now, a lot of us have flown on airplanes. Some of you maybe still be not quite sure about that and maybe you haven't had your first flight. But most of us, we trust airplanes without giving it a second thought. You know, maybe we we're a little nervous, but we may not understand all the technology of how it happens. We're not aerospace engineers, most of us. But somehow, if we need to go somewhere because we have that need and a purpose, Somehow we trust that there are competent people in the cockpit, There are that the plane has been maintained and is taken care of, and we get on and we go. Now, at a restaurant, we trust that the people preparing and serving our food haven't done something to our food, like maybe spit in it. We trust that they have prepared it carefully, they've cooked it to the right temperature, and most of you have gone out to a restaurant in recent past right and you probably didn't give it a second thought even if you may had a little trepidation it hasn't kept you going from going out even if you don't know what's happening back in the kitchen you haven't gone to examine it you haven't gone to question it you haven't said wait let me find out the degrees that the cooks have in the back room let me find out their resume let me get a sample first let me see what they've done no we just trust because We like the food. We have a purpose for going there. At an amusement park like Six Flags or SeaWorld, we go on rides trusting the operator who may not even have a driver's license, and they have 30 lives in their hands. We trust that they're going to operate it properly, that somebody has done the maintenance, and we get on that ride and take a risk. But yet, sometimes, we have a hard time in trusting God. We don't understand how God works But we do have testimonies. We have this word, this powerful word of God. Testimonies, evidence of those around us. Evidence that God has accomplished many things and come through for other people. And he just asks us to believe. And so faith is more of a matter of to whom faith is directed. It's about relationship and trust in the person and the authority of Jesus Christ. Let's look at a man mentioned in the Bible who had authentic faith. One of those testimonies to help illustrate this. So this is in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7 verses 1 through 10 talk about what's called the faith of the centurion or the centurion's faith and we're going to tell you who that is. So I'm going to read the whole passage here verses 1 through 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this in the hearing of the people so where he was, he was in around the region of Galilee and he had just given a a talk to the people and taught them about many things and then it says, he entered Capernaum, so that was his home city at the time. It says, there a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He wasn't far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith Even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So, this is an example of what God calls us to authentic faith basic, raw, unfiltered, trusting, consistent. It was in his very nature as he describes. And we can draw out three simple points of how the centurion exercised his authentic faith. First, it started with he recognized who Jesus was. He said he's a man under authority. He was in the military. He knew what authority meant, what it meant to put your life in the hands of somebody else. I was in the military. I served as a chaplain for 20 years on active duty and was an officer before that in the Army. So been through some interesting experiences. But when you're in that environment, you learn, as I said, what it means to put your life in the hands of somebody else, that you have to trust Unwaveringly in what they're asking you to do. And so I can relate to the centurion especially, but even if you haven't had that experience, I want you to make the connection that even regardless of his understanding of authority, he knew what trust was about. He knew the power of God and he recognized that God was the ultimate commander. He was in control of everything and he had sent his son jesus christ and this was an outsider the centurion was a roman soldier he was part of the occupying force of the roman legion that had come there but he had adopted the faith of the jews he had become a sincere believer and he was friendly apparently with the locals there and a centurion was a roman soldier in charge of approximately 100 soldiers someone who worked his way up the ranks for some of you in the military as similar to a command sergeant major but even more authority now the sergeant major, he had it all together. He had authority to do lots of things. He was a get-or-done kind of person. That was the role of the sergeant major or the centurion. If he said, jump, his soldiers would ask, how high? They would do anything for him because they were trained and they knew that he had their lives in his hands. And here, apparently, the centurion had only heard about Jesus, but he recognized Jesus as the mighty son of God. He recognized the authority of Jesus, since, as it simply says here, he was one with authority. So it follows simply that he had heard that Jesus had done amazing things, and he had healed people. He claimed to save people from their sins, and he believed that if Jesus said it, that was good enough for him. And he decided to follow, as in his nature to respect authority. And he didn't even need Jesus to come to his house. So here's the humility that comes in. He knew that. Jesus had power, power from our God, and he reverenced that. And he says, Jesus, I'm not even worthy to have you come to my house. So he sent his representatives ahead to get Jesus' attention and say, Jesus, just say the word and my servant will be healed. He put his trust in Jesus, and he knew that great things were going to happen. One similarity of trusting is in family relationships. Parents have authority over their children, or they're supposed to. Children have faith in their parents because of their relationship, of who they are that they're going to do some simple things like they know that kids know when they come home from school that somebody's either going to pick them up at the bus stop or give them a ride home they know that somehow food is going to be provided because they expect that out of the love and the trusting relationship that is there that they're going to be taken care of because that's what parents do they just take it for granted even before they know what else is happening in the world and so they believe it's going to happen there's an expectation and so the centurion once he realized who Jesus was he had an expectation that Jesus was going to act on his behalf but another part of that is that the centurion also recognized his own unworthiness that's part of the humility that comes in he didn't feel Jesus was wor- he didn't feel he was worthy to have Jesus even come under his roof because he was not near as powerful even though he had authority, he wasn't near as powerful as Jesus. Now, sometimes we do things that separate us from God. That's literally what sin does. It creates a barrier. It creates a wall. And when, when we do sin and do things against God's word, then sometimes we're even afraid or ashamed to be able to come to God because we don't know if he'll accept us and he'll love us. But Jesus says simply, come to me. He says, come to me and I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to help you to start again but it starts with admitting that we need help and believe Jesus has all power and authority to help us. We all have challenges. We all feel unworthy from time to time. It's normal to feel that way. It's okay if you fall apart sometimes. Even tacos fall apart, and we still love them. So it's okay to admit your failures to God because he is there to rescue us and he sent his son Jesus to die for us. So once the centurion was honest and realized his own unworthiness, Jesus responded. He gave a response. He gave two key responses. First of all, it says Jesus was amazed at the centurion's faith. And he says, I haven't found such great faith, not even in Israel. And that was a very bold statement at the time. Jesus praised this man higher than all the locals who thought they had it all together. And after saying this, it simply says matter-of-factly in the Scripture that Jesus spoke the word and healed his servant as he asked. There was no drama. There was no incantation. There was no ritual that had to be done. He just spoke the word because he had the authority to act and to heal us. Amen? That he is there to act and Jesus wants us just to come to him and believe him and Jesus responded to the very real authentic childlike faith of someone who simply believed that what Jesus said he could do he was going to do the centurion came to Jesus with a humble spirit and an authentic faith and Jesus responded and healed his servant When my family and I made our transition from San Antonio, uh, excuse me, to San Antonio from Oklahoma City about five years ago, I just recently retired from the military and was looking for opportunities in ministry, wasn't quite sure where we were going to land, and we had had uh, an assignment before in San Antonio and had some connections here, but just felt that God was leading us in that direction, that San Antonio was the place to be, but we didn't have everything figured out. My wife had a teaching job lined up just a few days before that that we had arrived and we had planned our move, but we totally went on faith. After having 20 years of things being regimented and planned out, here was a new chapter and God was leading us in that direction. And we had to take that step of faith because we had that relationship with Jesus. We weren't perfect by any means, but we had that relationship to know that God had always helped us before, He had always rescued us, He had always saved us, and we knew that if we took that step in faith that he was going to be there to help us no matter what but yeah it was scary yeah it was uncertain from time to time but he always provided for us and was there for us when we needed him we visited first a few months before we prayed about it and finally took that step and moved and like the centurion and his men when God says move you move even if you don't understand it but sometimes people will say, well, how do I hear God? That's a whole other sermon. But the basics of it is that you have to listen. You have to spend time in God's presence. You have to develop that relationship with Him. And coming to church is the first step. But we want you to grow in your faith. Look for other opportunities, as I mentioned, to get connected, to grow in your faith. And when you build that relationship, you're around others who support you, then you can hear His voice. You take those quiet times, to hear His voice, and listen. But sometimes, God calls you to do some crazy stuff, at least crazy in our mind, crazy in the world's mind. But I'm here to tell you that it's worth it and I've lived it and many of you have as well. So you may be asking yourself if you can trust God, if you can have that faith, maybe facing a decision, maybe you're facing a serious illness, a family situation, family situation or maybe you just have a great dream that you believe God has placed in your heart. Trust in the one with all authority on heaven and on earth remember how easy it is to trust a pilot just to get you from one place to another how easily you walk in a restaurant and trust someone to prepare your food properly how easily you go to have fun at an amusement park and get on a ride that goes 60 miles an hour no matter what you're faced with God is able to do way more if you only have a simple and authentic faith amen let's pray I thank you, God, for your presence with us at this very moment. We know that you are all-powerful, that you walk with us through the fire. You walk with us through the good times. But let us take time every day to pause, to be in your presence, to recognize your authority. Realize that when we're with you, there's nobody else around. We don't have to be worried about what other people think. Help us to discover what it means to be authentic with you, just to open up our hearts Open up our lives. We know that there are those who are dealing with some heavy situations. I pray right now that wherever they are, Lord, you are touching them right now. You are giving them hope. You are giving them a word of encouragement. You are letting them know that hope is not lost, that they can trust in you. And I pray that everyone will come to you to give their lives to you and to serve you and honor you. And we know that you are here to answer us and to meet us where we are. If we just come to you with a simple faith, you will answer our prayers, Lord. And we give our situations to you, our illnesses, our desires, our dreams, and know that you are here to help us. Go with us in faith today, Lord, believing that you will act. Let us have a new boldness when we go out into the world to face each day. your holy name we pray, Lord. Amen. 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 Amen.